Hey. Oh, hey, Jeff. What's going on, guys? Oh, you know, talking about Superman. Oh, cool. I could talk about Superman. I could talk some more about Superman. We know. I'll bet a few people would want to get in on this. I'm down. You know it. That sounds like fun. I'll do it. Cool. Let's do it. We can call the show Men of Steel. And you can find it at certainpov.com. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Yay. It's the late night double feature picture show. Hi, everyone. I'm Ashley Griffin. I'm a Broadway performer, writer, and theater journalist. You can check me out at my website, ashleygriffinofficial.com. I also have a YouTube channel. I'm on most social media, and I just had my first novel come out. It's called The Spindle, and you can get it on Amazon and many other places. I was so excited to be asked to do this. So my fantasy double feature would be, first up, the movie Dream Child. Dream Child is a 1985 British drama written by Dennis Potter and directed by Gavin Millar. Miller, M-I-L-L-A-R, not sure how to pronounce it. And it's a movie very few people know about, and it's kind of extraordinary. It is based on the real-life story of how the Alice in Wonderland stories came to be created. It's something I know a great deal about. I've written some of my own work about it, but... This is kind of the only mainstream work, certainly the only film, that really explores this story accurately. For those of you who don't know, Lewis Carroll, his real name was Charles Dodgson, was a professor at Oxford College, and he made friends with the children of Dean Little, the little children. There were three little girls. There was Lorena, Alice and Edith, and Alice became the inspiration for Alice in Wonderland. Charles Dodgson would spend time with the girls, he would make up stories for them, but there is an enormous amount of controversy surrounding their relationship. There is no 100% proof either way, and scholars have debated this for years. There is enough evidence, though, to at least suggest that some creepy or inappropriate things were aspects of this relationship. He seemed to be very obsessed, especially with Alice. He wrote the books for her. He wrote lots and lots of letters to her that her mother burned. And at one point, her mother banned Charles Dodgson from having anything to do with the family. He continued to find ways to communicate with Alice a little bit until the day that she married somebody else, and that day he cut off all contact with her for the rest of his life. He also was a photographer. He took a lot of photos, a lot of which were of children, a lot of which were of Alice Little, and those photos are definitely controversial for many reasons. I won't go into a deep dive on that now, but this movie is kind of extraordinary. It stars Ian Holm as Charles Dodgson. And it primarily focuses on Alice Little, now Alice Hargreaves, toward the end of her life. She lived for a very long time. She was very old. And she was invited to, I believe, Columbia University to speak upon the centenary of Charles Dodgson's birth and to celebrate Lewis Carroll and the the Wonderland stories. And by this point, she's a little bit of a kind of crotchety, 
Victorian holdover and she gets asked to come and speak. She doesn't really want to do it, but she finally gets convinced to come and gets thrown into this whirlwind of publicity of people that are obsessed with her because she was the real Alice in Wonderland. And that whole period of time she hasn't thought about in a long time. And this experience forces her to go back and look at those experiences that she had as a child. And so the film cuts back and forth between Alice as an older woman experiencing these things and then Alice when she was a little girl in her relationship with Charles Dodgson. And she's trying to make sense of what this relationship was, of the things that were good about it, the things that felt creepy to her as a child that she never really understood. And she ultimately is sort of able to process the whole experience and what it means to be Alice in Wonderland and whether she wants that or not, how she feels about Charles Dodgson. And it does not shy away from going dark and going creepy. And one of the best examples of that is they partnered with the Jim Henson Creature Shop. And every time they do flashes into the actual story of Alice in Wonderland, all of the characters around Alice are puppets that were created by the Jim Henson Company. But they are very realistic to the original Tenniel illustrations. And they're creepy. <laughs> this is not a happy wonderland. This is probably the most accurate depiction of what the illustrations look like that I've ever seen. And the way that they weave in sort of the psychology of this and the things that are wonderful about the stories and the things that are creepy is just brilliant. I find that some of the scenes with the older Alice can get a little long, especially because they kind of try to shoehorn a romance story in with the caregiver of Alice and one of the news reporters. But it's a great film. I think everybody should check it out. And I think it's fantastic. My second pick for the double feature is Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro. It is, if I had to pick, it is my favorite movie of all time. I think that movie is probably more well-known to folks, but it is also a magical realism story. There are elements of Alice in Wonderland in it, I suppose, but it takes place during the Spanish Civil War, and it's about a young girl who sort of has her life upended, who kind of finds herself in a real-life fairy tale that starts weaving into the real world, and the real world and the fantasy world affect each other. It's also very dark. It gets very much to the heart of the darkness of fairy tales, but why that's important and why that matters to our lives. And I think that they would be really interesting viewed back-to-back -back because both of them deal with children in fantasy situations, especially in kind of an Alice in Wonderland sense of a child who discovers a fantastical world, but a fantastical world that is very dark and it's very dangerous and there's a lot of psychological elements at play and that they they really have to go through this fantasy world in, in order to process the real life things that are happening around them. I would say that Dream Child... It definitely doesn't end in a, in a negative place, but it sort of gives the vibe that this fantasy world was not all positive and questions whether Alice being in Wonderland, so to speak, was a positive thing. Pan's Labyrinth is definitely dark too. I think different people will interpret it differently, but ultimately I interpret it as the fantasy world is what's able to save this little girl. So I think sort of the bookends of that, and also one where the fantasy world is, is being specifically created by a very flawed human being, and another one where it is theoretically organic and completely real to this world. It would be a very interesting juxtaposition. So 
that's what I would do. Have you ever seen something in a theater that you just couldn't explain? Or have you ever thought about if dying really ain't that bad? And do you spend sleepless nights wondering exactly what happened to Natalie Wood that night on the boat? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then it's time for you to exit stage death. Exit Stage Death is the chilling true stories behind your favorite Broadway shows, releasing bi-weekly on Tuesday starting May 24th. So if you want to find out which Broadway house is the most haunted, talk about what killed our favorite Broadway flops, and learn about the murderous path of Mama Rose that took Gypsy Rose Lee to stardom, it's time for Places Actors. Thank, Thank you, you places. places. It's time to exit stage death. Late Night Double Feature is a presentation of Saturday Morning Confidential, the podcast, and is produced by Dreamer Productions. The audio editing and mixing is by Maddie Limerick. You can find information about today's special co-host at smcpod on Instagram and Twitter at certainpointofview.com backslash smc. You can also find Dreamer Productions on Patreon, where $2 a month gets you exclusive shows and the behind the scenes of every show that we produce. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time for another late night double feature. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.